Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Not Just Blowing Smoke. I am your host for tonight. Danny is unavailable at uh, at this event. Yeah, so at this moment, yes. At this moment. It is now Friday the 13th at Twin Smoke Shop, and I keep forgetting to look at the camera here, and I always look at the screen, and I apologize. So I am your host, Nick Oteen. Got my co-host here, the production manager. Dave and Confused. Dave and Confused. And we got our special guest. Mike, and then we have another special guest, Pat. Pat is back on the show. Pat Wente. Pat Wente is back. <laughs> and the special guest is Mike Rosales. If you guys don't know him, he owns he is Roma. The Ro he, is, Roma. he is the row in Roma Craft. And we have general manager Sean here handing out these drinks. We got our drinks here. The pairing that we're going to be doing with the cigar tonight is going to be Old Forester 1920. So, Mike. But tell us about the cigar we're smoking. Yeah. So we have the Volstead Intemperance. Yeah, Senator, this is Senator Volstead. Yeah. yeah it's okay. going to be the Volstead. You got a Sumatra wrapper on there? We do. Yeah, it's an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Yep. Yeah. And what else have we got on here? San Tobacco. Andreas Binder, right? Yeah, San yep. Andreas then, Binder. Is yeah. it Nicaraguan Cadega, Esteli, not Jalapa, Whoa. or maybe Jalapa. There's, there's three Nicaraguans. There's another one. It's a region that I don't see often. It begins with like a... An A, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Is it Pueblo Noel? You guys were more prepared than I was. Yeah, man, he's close. He's getting, he's getting there. He's, I mean, he's got the Esquire at the end of his name now, so he's... I know it's all Nicaraguan filler. Just, it's like three or four regions. Okay. I mean, it's beautiful. That's it. That's all we have to go with. Do you like it? I love it. So when we first came, when it first got into the, into the walk-in, I mean, we had just the one size, which was the smaller size. Then the other, was it 56 ring gauge? Or 58 ring gauge? No, the, the, the first one you might have the gotten Remus? was, yeah, Remus. So it, it would have been the uh, the blind pig would have been the first. Okay, yep, yep, we got that one. Um, you would have gotten the box press, which would have been um, the Noble Experiment. Yep. And then we kind of rolled out from there, mm. you know, the, the Remus and the rest of the Portland stuff. Yep. So so um, we, when it came into the walk-in, I mean, I mean, I was a little skeptical on it. And I was like, uh, what's this all about? Okay. And then when I smoked it. I was hooked. Okay, so we got Seco Jalapa. Ah. We have Seco Dominican Penuela Carrillo 98. Viso Pueblo Nuevo. And we have uh, Lijero Condega. That's so, nice. There you go. It's the, yeah, official, the official blend. The right official down. blend right there. Yeah. yeah. So That's beautiful. You can only see it if, if the iPhone recognizes your face. That's how it looks. Yeah. Yes, so with the headphones on and the glasses, <laughs> sometimes it, yeah. it doesn't do it. Yeah, so, so if anyone wanted to try to steal my blend sheet, it That's would, it. Yeah. So top they, secret. They would have to. They would have to get your face and yeah. then, you know, open your phone. The, the funny thing about it is, though, man, it's like, listen, I could give everyone the same amount of tobacco and say, hey, go make a cigar. Yeah. And, and it would all come out different. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, yep. you know, it's like if we said, hey, let's make a hamburger or a steak or whatever. Like everybody's steak would come out tasting completely different, even with the same yep. ingredients. And yeah, you know, everyone's got a different process, right? I mean, yeah. I, if I was making a burger, it'd be really rare. It'd be like almost not bloody. even cooked. It was, yeah, it'd be really bloody. The same thing with the steak. Just a small sear on the outside. Yeah, Just look, a two so second sear. Yeah. Yep. Two second sear, and that's it. That's my burger. That's my steak. Okay. What about your bacon? Bacon is crispy. Okay. Which is weird. Because I like a lot of my meats kind of medium rare, okay. but my bacon has to be crispy. Okay, like when I have my fair. bacon and eggs in the morning, yeah, has to be crispy. Like, See, I, I like it chewy with crisp on the outside. Uh, I like it crispy. I kind of think it depends. You know, my fear is like if it's not cooked enough, I don't want to get sick. You know what I mean? That's like, true. So, so true. I, can't, I can't have, uh, you know, flimsy bacon. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's a little sketch for me. What about you? Honestly, I, I you don't need bacon. It's no, I love bacon. I don't think I've had bacon. Like, I don't doesn't, like. Doesn't it wouldn't hit, be on the podcast. It doesn't fit. My, yeah, right. It fit my macros. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've had a piece of bacon that I don't like. Okay. What about burger? How do you like your burger? Probably medium rare. I like a little bit of pink. Well, a good amount of pink, like kind of a cold center. Okay. But it can't be like. I don't like when it's bloody though. It's weird. I'm like in the middle. So you like medium. Well, medium, medium is medium like a little rare, but there's a. Like, I've had it where it's not been bloody. Yeah. Like well, that's like like medium it's more rare medium than medium. it is medium rare. Like at like that point, where, where it's point. a nice soft pink, it's not like yeah. bloody. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you on that. That's how I like my burger. He said, hey. he said soft pink. Soft mm. pink. Mm-hmm. Everybody be, loves a soft okay, pink. So be, be, before you jump into your burger, oh, you gotta, you too, gotta, too you late for that. Your smell, you gotta. Oh, we got to go through the process oh, here. This is the wrong one. We got to get the. This is the. Oh, yeah, you got yeah. the the yeah. sunscreen one. Yeah, the sunscreen. sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> you definitely. It definitely stands out. <laughs> Taking a big whip of that. So what do you think of the old Forester? I haven't had this one yet. Oh no, old Forester puts out some good stuff, man. It's I've had the other ones. I've had. I haven't had the 1920. Reminds you of the old Forester. Of an old Forest? Uh, not so much. Or an old Forester? <laughs> not so much. Okay. <laughs> You know, I, I think, you know, it definitely is a more traditional bourbon, right? Like yes. It, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's a classic. I yeah. Think it's, it's, uh, it's got the right amount of smell. It's not too hot. You know what yeah. I mean? What is this, 100 proof? It is 100 proof. Yeah. Boom. Cheers, mates. Cheers. Salute. Weepy Psycho. That is really, really nice. Yeah. It's smooth. There's not a lot of heat kind of going down. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's got enough body on the front part, you know, um, but but there's no real burn. on. Oh, he's looking like he's about to. You going to throw up? I'm throwing up. What? I'm fine. I'm enjoying I this. I hope not. Yeah, it didn't look like a oh. face of enjoyment, did it? <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It did, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what it looked like. I mean, it kind of smooths out the cigar a little bit. I mean, it kind of, for me, it kind of takes away a little bit of that intensity of the, the pepper and the sweetness, but it kind of. Smooths everything out in the cigar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mine lit while you talk. Go ahead. Oh yes, Keep please. Yeah, man, I gotta toast it up. Um, yeah, get it nice but with right. the drink, the cigar. Mm. Mm. You get, well, for me, a lot of tobacco notes. Oh, you get a lot of tobacco notes. Is it well fermented tobacco? Well fermented. Um, a lot, a good amount of sweetness you get in the drink mm-hmm. with the cigar. Mm-hmm. Some chocolate on the back end. Light, light cocoa on the back end. That's nice. It's a really good pairing. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like in the, got... my first sip was kind of contrasting. 
But a couple sips in and, some, uh, you know, a couple pulls in the cigar, it kind of really goes really well with them. Well, I think there's a couple things, right? So because of the exposed foot of the cigar, mm-hmm. um, on the initial kind of light, yeah. like it's, it's real kind of bitey, mm-hmm. right? And then whenever it hits the wrapper leaf, it kind of transitions in. You get a little bit more of those sweeter notes. It kind of pulls in. Yeah. And then when you get a little sip of the bourbon, like it kind of brings it all together, right? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, uh, unfortunately, whenever they drink um, or when they smoke, you know, they don't really pay attention to a lot of the notes. They just kind of go into it, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So this, this kind of gives you an opportunity to kind of sit back and kind of uh, enjoy something that's not too, too heavy. Right. You know? I mean, I think if you were to get over, you know, like the like a, a one twenty proof, yeah, it may not pair that well, right? No, but since, but since it's like a nice medium cigar, yeah, um, and you have a nice medium kind of bourbon at at a hundred proof, I think you get a nice complement mm. between the two. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. It's um definitely. I mean, I so I I went through the um unfinished foot before i had a sip of the drink so i didn't get like the initial impressions so yeah. i had the wrapper to factor in and honestly it i think it's pretty complimentary i it, i think it takes out the the stimulation of the spice and the retro hail mm. but you, you still have that texture but you get a lot more of that flavor i got and you to me it's kind of like a like a rye kind of spice yeah it's kind of grainy and it's really thick on your palate yeah yeah, I definitely agree with the rye part. I'm yeah. totally feeling that. And then, like, on the tip of my tongue, it leaves a kind of like a, I'll call it like a floral kind of sweetness. Yeah. That just kind of lingers there. It's in the really... back of my jowls, I get some really intense. My jowls. I get some really intense sweetness with the drink and the cigar. Yeah. What's funny is is uh, the best way I've kind of I've had it put to me is, like, it's decadent. It's decadent. Yeah. Like, like it, it has this long finish. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not. It's not real earthy. It's not heavy. It's not, you know, it, it just has like this decadent kind of flavor. Not, it's hard to, yeah. um, it, at least for the cigar, right? Like the cigar, like it, it just has this long finish that mm. without having like, you know, it's too overpowering. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very when I like, smoke the glass, I get a lot of like a ginger cinnamon on the finish. Yeah. It, it's very assertive on the draw, but then through the finish, it's very balanced and just clean. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And it's not a heavily complex cigar. It gives you the flavor straightforward. And that's kind of really what I like about it because when you're smoking it without the drink, for me, you get that intense pepper and sweetness in there. And that's what really attracted me to it because, I mean, you look at it and it's kind of a lighter wrapper. It's not like your the Aquatine where it has a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, which is a fantastic smoke. I love that. But this was like, all right, it's going to be almost like a Habano. Even though I knew there was a Sumatra wrapper, it was going to be almost Habano-ish, kind of medium body. Not that intense, but it's going to be flavorful. But when I started smoking it, I was like, wow, I was taken back. It was like a flavor bomb just hitting my palate. I was not expecting this flavor from a Sumatra. Right. (laughs) You know, I think that, um, so like Habano, especially like in the, like Aquitaine that we do, or even even the Intemperance that that has the Habano, Mm -hmm. there's there's like this high twang. Mm. And it's really, it's hard to, you know, it's like when you smoke it, you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about, right? But it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got a nice bite. It's sharp, and then it has like this back end kind of twang to it, right? Mm. And this this doesn't have that, right? So it's really it's pleasant along the way, yeah. Um, you know, and so um, you know, again, it's not super heavy lajero like up front like a lot of our other cigars that we make. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I think it really does. It, it's it's complimentary. It's one of those cigars that that I think you know it's approachable from any real kind of you know cigar smoker, right? Like anybody, oh, yeah. you know, whether you're a full bodied guy or you're you know more light to medium, I mm. think. 
this cigar kind of complements anybody kind of like it's more broad as far as who could approach yes. the cigar right yeah. so especially for a lot of cigars that we make like you know you can't say that about neanderthal and pro magnon right I mean? so right. you know it's uh those are more powerhouses sure, in your lineup yeah and even though the like pro magnon itself is not necessarily um it it's so robust and rich in mm. flavor from the wrapper leaf right yeah. like because you know aquatine and pro magnon are the exact same cigar Right? Yep, it's just different wrapper. Our Fomorian, the Candela, is the same cigar, yeah. right? So, um, love the Fomorian. That's yeah, the fantastic no, cigar. It is. It's a very good cigar, right? But it, but again, it's 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 a complement to the to the actual filler that we use. Yeah. That you could use it from a a very very light Candela to all the way to a broadleaf and and get different experiences throughout each mm -hmm. one of the wrapper leaves, right? So, this one, you know, the cool thing about the whole Intemperance lineup that we that we try to set out. Um, you know, it's a sub ten dollar price point. Yeah, you know, fantastic so, prices. You know, and I think that you know, from from six to ten, you know, kind of depending on where you want to, you know, the size that you want and the time length that you want to spend smoking it. It's it's really it's it's really a unique cigar lineup because you know, again, we have the Connecticut, we have in the EC, we have the Brazilian Maduro and the BA, the Whiskey Rebellion Habano. And then we have now this is Sumatra. Well, that's the other thing that I love about Roma Craft is, you know, is your burn time. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at these cigars and they, they look. Yeah. They look like the biggest one is a Robusto length, you know, but they burn like a Toro or sometimes a Churchill. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've had a Bradford that lasted me an hour and a half before, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's great. And so when people like, like, oh, that that's going to burn too fast. I'm like, no, no, no. You'll be, you'll be all set with that, you sure. know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like you're. I'm not. I used to smoke cigarettes, so I when I first started smoking cigars, like like Ashton or Atabay or something like that, was all lost on me. It was just like smoke. So your your Connecticut, the Brotherly Kindness, was one of the first ones I actually enjoyed, just as a Connecticut because it had enough flavor. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, a couple of fatties like me and Skip, like you, you gotta you gotta make cigars for. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that we don't make cigars that we wouldn't smoke. Like if you said, hey. You know, is this cigar good enough that if that if you only had this cigar, would you smoke it? Mm. You know what I mean. Like, and if it's not if it's not that level, then we just don't put it in production. You know what yeah. I mean. Like, it just it's okay. You go back to the lab and, and try over again. And so that's kind of the unique thing about us is, you know, we try to make cigars that we smoke, and we're we're cigar nerds, right? So, nice. you know, whether you know it's Ashton or uh, Placencia or Foundation or Sock, whoever, you know what I mean, like. I just love cigars, you know, mm. so I'll try anybody's and everyone's. And I think that that um, kind of gives you some insight, like when you're tapped into like what the cigar market community is kind of looking for. And then you try to set something aside and say, you know, what can you offer to the community that's completely different? That if you like these, even though it's different, it would still be in a wheelhouse and you find it pleasant and, and enjoyable mm -hmm. at the price point that that is really, you know, exceptional, you know, because yeah. mm -hmm. prices of cigars are just continuing to go up. Right. Yeah. So. Um, that's kind of our, our approach to it. So nice. it's a nice ash. Oh, yeah. I was just about to talk about the construction of Roller Craft. I think one of the things I noticed through, I mean, I've been doing retail for three years now, which granted from everyone at the table, that's not nearly as long, but that's okay. One of the things like from consumer feedback that I've noticed is a lot of people would tell me like, that when they get Aroma Craft, it's very hard because you have like those people that yeah. when they purchase cigars, they kind of they do want that squeeze test yeah. and they say it's like it's overpacked. It's, it's you know, it's it's firm there's no give to it but the funny thing is is like from my experience smoking aroma craft is it's it's just well filled like i think because yeah. on the market a lot of times mm -hmm. today like it's not that cigars are poorly constructed but to me like a little underfilled maybe it can be yep. and I, I just think like this is an example of 
how a cigar should be constructed. Absolutely. Like, you, guys, you guys won Factory of the Year like a year or two ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, all all of those cigars at the time were rated like a 90 or better, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And that's why they won Factory of the Year. Because yep. It was just, you know, yeah. Even Congratulations you, on that. Thank you. Thank you. It, I mean, that that's kind of the, the neat thing about us is it's like it's like here, right? Like, when you have a good staff and a good group of people that work, that, you know, do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, Skip and I are just one of the the components, right? Yeah. But but the the team down in, at the factory level really, um, and and to get buy-in, right? Because it's it's really, you know, like when we went down there in 2012, it's uh, you know, there was a handful of people that came to work for us, and you know, it's like, hey, you know, we're a startup company. And here are the pros and cons of working for a startup company. You know, it could be off to the races or it could be a fucking complete dud, right? It you know, be, yeah. so you don't you don't really know. Like, you know, you hope that you, know, you think you're under something. Um, so anyway, so we started off, you know, very, very small um, and kind of, you know, but every every person that came on board, it was like community and family and this environment and culture that you're trying to build in community. That that same thing here, right? Because you're, you're only as good as your team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, and that 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 was something that was really important to us as far as like creating that structure and, and creating you know the whole group of people and so we're very fortunate you know since 2013 2012 you know we've had just a handful of people that have left us and, and a lot of them are doing it you know because you know they've either retired or they've graduated or you know they've gone to school or you know decided to have a family or whatever but it's a very small percentage of people that have actually left the factory mm-hmm. and and the people that have been there from day one are still kind of there you know so awesome very very blessed you know and and um you know, one, I mean, I think because we take care of them, we, you know, we treat them like family and, and, and pay them well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so there's value in what we're trying to do. So, and it's not a big team. That's a, that's a great thing. I think all together is like 74 people. So it's yeah. like, wow. Um, you know, we have technically 12 pairs, which is 24 people that actually make the cigars. But, you know, you, you factor in the people that actually, you know, do the deveining and do packaging and do all this other stuff. It's about 74 people all together. Yeah. Wow. So, now, how did you, how'd you get started with Roma Craft? Uh, well, nobody, what's the story there? Because I never heard the story. Okay. If we have enough time. Do we have enough time? Yeah, no. I, I'll give you the, 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 the simplified version. You know, yeah. so um, at the time, um, so I had already started bringing people in uh, cigar rollers, and I was putting them in cigar shops. Okay. So this is uh, about 2006 uh, in, in the state of Texas. And so I started off with a couple rollers, and then it kind of grew quickly because once people kind of found out that I was – you know, having cigar rollers, put them in cigar shops and yeah. importing tobacco. Uh, Skip had a had a cigar shop in Galveston, um, and unfortunately, it got hit by a hurricane. Oh. And so he was kind of um, trying to. He worked for Dell full time, but he also he's a he's you know a, a, again he was kind of the guy he's the whale that would come in and buy, you know, three thousand dollars worth of cigars a, a month, right? Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, so I, I kind of valued his, his opinion, and, and but at the time, he was either looking at either creating a brand or trying to open up a cigar shop or um, was, was really, you know, you know he, had, he had also, he had ran a podcast or he actually helped out with Doc Stogie Fresh, who uh, was probably the original podcaster out on the West Coast. Uh, and he had a, he had a, um, a multi-vendor event called Crush and Roll, and that was like 2008, you know, so... Um, so probably like, as far as I, I know, like the very first podcast that that actually covered cigars. Um, so anyways, he would go to the trade show and do interviews for him, and so him and him and Doc were really close. Um, and then he had a blog, and then he smoked a lot of cigars, right? So um, super smart guy, you know, Six Sigma kind of guy, you know, uh, 
And so, you know, here I was kind of struggling, you know, trying to figure out like how to make this all work. And so anyways, um, one of the rollers who, uh, his name is Raul Diaz that, uh, um, or Disla, Raul Disla and Esteban Disla. Anyway, so Raul um, and his brother Esteban worked for Latin Cigars and, and the Tarana family had brought them over from the Dominican Republic to Nicaragua when they started Latin Cigars. And so um, when they sold to Scandinavia, Raul was kind of, you know, looking for another thing to do. And Esteban stayed and kind of ran the Scandinavia factory, right? So, uh, which is general. And mm -hmm. so uh, Raul came to work for the States so anyway, so he, Skip had, uh, while he had the shop, would go down and visit Camacho or Rocky Factory and do these kind of tours. And um, while he was down there, he would pick up, you know, kind of um, cigars that, that either overruns or cigars that were kind of dead projects or, you know, test samples that, and so he would sell them in a cigar shop, you know, and some of them were really good and some of them were just kind of whatever. Um, but there was one particular one that he liked that he brought to me and said, Hey, could you remake this cigar? And, um, we kind of broke it down and dissected it. And it was like, you know, and unfortunately in the States, you're kind of really limited to the tobacco that you had. Yeah. And so, um, uh, Raul and I had gone back to Esteban who was in the Nic Nicaragua and, uh, I went to, uh, to visit Chris Kelly. I was down there to buy like bulk tobacco. And so we had actually created the Pro Magnum version uh you know and so i we kind of started smoking on it and it was completely different than the cigar he had given me but i think it was better and so he's like dude this is a this is a game changer because back then so this you're talking about 2012 at this time 2010 yeah. 20, 2011 all right and uh he's like you know there's nothing on the market like this right because it was real toothy raw but it was just yeah. delicious right? there was nothing yeah at that time there was really nothing yeah. nothing that matched so, that and um so anyway so um he had a big Twitter following, and, he, and really all he was doing was just kind of just um, posting pictures of kind of documenting, like, the journey. Right? Oh, wow, yeah. And then uh, because because he was down in Galveston, <clears throat> and um, whenever he got hit by the hurricane, he was using Twitter because back then no Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Back then you had to have a, uh, a university account to get on Facebook. Right? Yeah, yep. you had to be part so, of college. Yeah, so yep. uh, things have changed, you know, so – Anyway, so he was using Twitter as kind of a broadcasting point to kind of talk about like what was going on on the island as far as you know emergency evacuations and whatever, and and people would come in on the the cruise ship, so he would you know get their Twitter accounts and hey follow us on Twitter and you know talk about events or whatever. And so, anyways, he started kind of documenting the journey of Pro Magnet and kind of this thing and that we were kind of you know just kind of messing around with. And next thing you know, people started kind of asking me you know, for the people who had rollers in the cigar shops, like, Hey, I'm hearing this buzz about this Cro-Magnon. Like, what is it? Yeah. And so I'm like, dude, like, I think we could actually sell this in the, you know, on the wholesale side. And so, um, anyways, we launched in 2012, uh, in Orlando mm -hmm. and off the races has been ever since. So, that's incredible, man. That's a super condensed, condensed version. That's you know? the condensed, uh, yeah. condensed but version. I mean, it, it, there's still, you know, I mean, that's like, it's kind of the, the highlights of how, how it went down. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So when did you have your first Roma? Oh, it was probably when we hired Danny. Okay. Because we did, I didn't know, I didn't know Roma Craft. So I came from when I came here. I came from a smaller shop. The smaller shop probably had maybe a couple hundred cigars in there. And I still go over there. I love Maddie. He's over in Plastow. You should go check him out if you haven't gone over yet. Um, he's a Plastow cigar company. Um, but I used to work there. Then when I came here. 
we had all those cigars downstairs. We didn't have Romacraft. I had no idea what Romacraft was. Then a year or two after we hired Danny, he came over from two guys. And I think one of his stipulations when he got hired was, if you hire me, we're getting pipes and pipe tobacco and Romacraft. He's like, I won't be, I won't get hired. I won't take the job unless Romacraft is here. So once he came in and we got some Yeah, I swear to God. And that's, that was with the old Sean, with the old manager, that was the stipulation. And that was what he got hired on. So after a couple months, he was here, started bringing in Romacraft a little by little. And that's when I started smoking it. And I'm like, all right, it's something different. It's, it's, how could I say this without being crazy? But. I mean, it's not like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the cigars, they're so unique with the flavor and the balance and the, the, the complexity and the delivery. It's nothing like anything else. A lot of the cigars, uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great cigars sure, out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Padron and Fuente and Liga, and they're great cigars. I have nothing against those guys. But what you guys, you know, what the intemperance or the volstead or the chrome magnum all those cigars are just so different in delivery they just get you and i was hooked as soon as they brought them in i started smoking them one by one i'm like all right whiskey rebellion and oh man i was hooked yeah yeah my first was the uh neanderthal hn and then when i was looking at it i'm like how do I cut this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just sliced it. it. I just sliced the whole like, it. It took me like probably like to smoke 10 of them before I could actually get a nice clean using a straight. Because at let's... first I, I just had to use a B cut. Yeah. Because I just, I, I would mangle it, you know? Yeah. So, so the first 100 boxes or so that went out, we actually had these handwritten notes that went out. It was like, uh, I, there's like a scene in Gut and Goodfellas like where he's cutting onions and he's using a razor blade. Uh, yes, in jail. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, we used uh, something like you got to you got to cut it like like really thin onions or something like that. And anyways, it came with a with a razor blade. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, so that uh, it only takes one person to cut themselves, and then all of a sudden, then just like you know, you yeah. can't do it. so. Um, oh but, man. Yeah, you know, and, and anyway, so that that was kind of the that was the thing. What about you? Try it. was probably early when I started here. I, you know, I can't really pinpoint it, but I know that the HN was the first Roma Craft I had. I forget yeah. when because I was smoking them a lot after I had it. I, it had to have been within like the first few months of me okay. being here. Yeah. And honestly, at the time, I didn't really appreciate it because I was so new to smoking. Sure. You know, I couldn't really tell you the difference between that or like a Connecticut cigar. <laughs> to be honest with you, even though they were completely you were still green things. back then, Winston. You know, but. Hadn't had any point to yet. The, um, True. <laughs> like when we were talking earlier, that Roma Craft, um, the the Corona variety pack you guys did yeah. was yeah. probably like the notable moment that I, because at that point I've been smoking for you know an ample amount of time, and I smoked essentially like almost a whole line. I know there's not every cigar is in there, but, um, yeah, it's again like the Neanderthal was the first one I smoked out of that, and it's just like to me it's it's to, to categorize Roma Craft, I'd, I'd have to say simply that they're very potent cigars flavor town and yeah it's like, i mean if you're not ready for it i mean it can take you by surprise for sure yeah and like me sure. as a consumer like i i love that you know and it's it's hard even like when you have like the intemperance connecticut it's mm. like to me everyone nowadays says not your typical connecticut it seems like that's like the marketing yeah gig for every new connecticut on the market but, but they're me, still like they're still not like that yeah, but that's like yeah. the original, like not your yeah. typical Connecticut, Connecticut, you know. Yeah. But it has like that creaminess, but that creaminess just helps blend together, like that kind of unbridled flavor yeah. that it produces. Yeah. And you know, so it, it's just one of those like every Roma craft you smoke is just going to be 
like a flavor bomb. It's not to me. It's not just a cigar that I'm just gonna get just to sit down and just doze off and just have something to smoke. Yeah. If I'm mowing the lawn or something, I'm not gonna smoke Aroma Craft. Oh, I have in the past. It's a good time. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> to me, like you can't not pay attention to it. It's just so. Like it's just it's there, like it's yeah. very up forward. So yeah, which is a very good thing. I think it's again like a lot of brands I smoke. When you get through the first inch of it, you're kind of like, oh, I kind of get what's going on. You can kind of doze off of it. But with Aroma Craft, I feel like every draw you have, like you have to pay attention because something and it's changing. It's always, yeah. it just doesn't fade out. You know, it's. No. I mean, good. Contrast. I had the, like my worst experience with Aroma Craft was. Oh. It, and. It was uh, the the broadleaf uh, knuckle dragger, okay. And it was my first cigar of the day. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, and that was just a bad idea because I was not, I couldn't finish it. It wasn't a bad experience. Like, oh, this is gross or anything. Like, I got stoned. Like, I was, I, you know, it was the first time I'd ever got like, like moved by a cigar because you know I used to smoke cigarettes, so I'm I used to a high level of nicotine and stuff. Well, that cigar kicked my ass. For the listeners or people paying attention, the Knuckle Dragger is a four and a half by fifty-two, so that's not yeah. a very big cigar. No, no, it's no. a pinky. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just I was just like, oh, I got to decide to put it down. That happens. That happens. I can see that. You know, I mean, you know that. <clears throat> so now that's like an after-dinner cigar for me. That's what happened. He learned his lesson. Yeah, I learned my lesson. Well, you know what's funny is I come across people. You know, I travel all, all over, right? You guys are like, man, I start my day with an HN. I'm like. Are you, you must be sick in the brain. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that's how Danny starts his. Yeah. No. Listen, I'm I'm grateful for them. We sell a lot of them. I mean, at any given time, we have about 500 boxes on back order. Yeah. Probably yeah. 800 boxes. It's a popular you know? cigar. Yeah, yeah. It's a very popular cigar. And and um, you know, for a factory that only makes it, you know, a million cigars a year, you know, if I could make only, you know, if we could only make a million cigars, you know, I could make a million HN or a million premiums. Yeah. Um, you know, but. So very grateful. Um, however, it's like, you know, you kind of wonder, like, is that something that people will be able to continue to smoke? So does your does your profile kind of change? Because I, I felt like as I get older, like this this one that we're smoking right now, I can smoke this back to back. I enjoy it. Yeah. Like it's it's not again, it's not overbearing. It's not too peppery. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's very medium body it's, cigar. It's palatable. Right. Yeah. And I don't like if I were to cut and light smoke another one, I could do it right after this one. No problem at all. I don't know if I can say that about Neanderthal or Pro-Mac. Or it's yeah. tough. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough. I, I, like, I can do it because I smoke a lot of cigars and a lot of heavy cigars. I could. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, can, I, mean, I, I have, have done it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have exactly. done it. Yeah. Um, question for you. Okay. That's kind of been on my mind since the brand has hit Twin Smoke Shops Humidor. Okay. What's up with the names? Tell me, what? where did you guys come up with the names for the cigars? You got the Chrome Magnum, the Aquitaine, you got Knuckle Dryer, you got the HN. Where'd sure. you guys come up? What, 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 what was the process? What was going through your guys? Because it could have been like the rest of the industry where it's like an Epicure or a Toro or a Busto or Corona Gorda. What made you guys go, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Let's do this. Well, I think the, the, the simplest answer is, is it's like uh, when you peel the onion back, there's lots of layers. There is. Right? I mean, like. So if you, if you if you looked at like the Crow Magnon, so let me back up. When we first launched, we didn't have bands on our cigars. Okay. Number one. Um, and then you know we we picked like thirty cigar thirty accounts that actually hand sold cigars. So the idea would be, like they know their consumer base really really well. That they'd be like, hey, that's in your wheelhouse. I think you would like this. Right. And and so, 
However, like the more that they sold or you come out and do an event, you know, they get a bag. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, most of the cigars are, you know, a variation of brown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, it's like very, very light brown to like very dark beige brown. to like dark, dark brown, you know. So, um, so after a while, I'm like, we got to get bands because this, this long term is not the answer. And so, um, but again, um, the cigars were made for kind of Skip at the beginning. And, and he was, you know, kind of, um, you know, I, I you know, thinking back about it, you know, it was, it, it, he had a hard time kind of relinquishing, like, like these cigars are something that I wanted to make for myself to kind of this, this, you know, pathway into the resale marketplace. But then yeah. because of the, the demand and growth that was going on, um, it, it, it quickly became, okay, we got to get bands, we got to get barcodes and yep. do all the things that retailers are looking for. Cause they, you know, it's difficult cause, um, so anyway, so that, that was kind of the, um, the beginning of that process. So the names themselves, so um, Pro Magnum, you know, when you think about it, it, like, again, it was like rustic and raw, right? Mm -hmm. Like real toothy. And and so um, we were, so Skip's house, so back up one more time. So the hurricane had hit his shop. Yep. And so there was a lot of things, not a lot, but there were some things that actually, they were salvageable. So like the wooden Indians. Yeah. Uh, some cigar boxes and, you know, his uh, have a cigar rug. Oh, yeah. Uh, that once they, I guess they dry cleaned it or whatever and dried it out. You know, there were things that they, they kept. So, anyways, he converted his garage into, like, this man cave. Dope-ass man cave, right? Like, I would uh, imagine. Yeah. So, um, you know, some TVs, full, full surround sound, heaters, you know, the, the whole thing. And so, anyways... Um, you know, it doesn't get super, super cold in Austin, but, you know, during, you know, January, February time frame, it can get chilly during the nighttime. So anyway, so we would go over there and just kind of smoke in his, his man cave. And so um, I had seen like a like a record or something. It was it was like this guy gets punched in the face, like slow motion. And uh, so the knuckle dragger is kind of what we were smoking. And I was like, dude, what do you think about like Harry Knuckles? And he's like, no, what do you think about knuckle dragger? Right. It's like knuckle dragger. And then. Then, you know, you just kind of this whole play on Cigar Cave, yep. you know. Um, Started snowballing. Snowballing and, and kind of talking about it. And so, um, anyways, he had this idea, like, what do you think about, like, using, like, Pro-Magnon? Um, because it was early modern human. Yeah. So the idea is, like, like if we were to herf, I'm sure each one of us have, like, a cigar box and a cutter and a lighter, mm. you know, uh, in, in this community. Yep. Right. But if you're not in the community and you were to come across this, you'd be like, Either like, oh, that reminds me of my grandfather. That smells nice. Or you get like, you know, the, the oh, that's so stinky. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one or the other. Um, right. But the community as itself, um, it kind of was like this early modern human. You yeah. know, this this EMH, right, which is the size. Yeah. So and we just kind of played off of it and, and just kind of grew. Um, and then when we kind of made Aquitaine, Aquitaine is a region of France where they found the Cro-Magnon skull. The skull that we use is the actual imprint. Yeah, uh, that they use that the the uh, the font that we use is like something that you would find in a museum, and so that was kind of the the, the origin story of Pro Magnon and Pro Magnon Aquitaine. Right? Okay. So Aquitaine is the same blend as Pro Magnon. Yeah. Um, the Habano Lajero Cameroon binder Nicaraguan filler, uh, the Broadleaf Maduro Cameroon Nicaraguan filler. Right. So, um, so anyway, so that was kind of the origin story of Pro Magnon. So, um. At the time, we were direct to consumers. So he was using Twitter and he was selling direct. Yeah. So we're doing like five packs, 10 packs of this Cro-Magnon uh, Aquitaine kind of sample. It was just Cro-Magnon at the time. 
and and he had sold like 5,000 cigars in a month. And his kids were over there stuffing envelopes. And I was on the phone calling people to get their credit card. And, uh, you know, so it's like all through Twitter. So it was wild, right? Wow. So, wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, man. So, so it was like, hey, just do another 5,000. So we, so January 2010, I'm sorry, December, Janu- December 2010, January 2011, 20, February 2012, March, around March, I get a phone call from Esteban going, hey, there's no more brothers. Oh. So, so, uh, so I'm like, hey, Skip, like, there's no more broadleaf. He's like, well, how much money do you need? Like, go buy some more broadleaf. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, you know? So, yeah, right. Because, uh, you know, he's a Dell guy, right? So he's processed. He's like, well, how come we run out of broadleaf? Like, yep. Well, it's, you know, like, we're just doing small production runs. It's not like, you know. So anyway, so he and I go down in May of, of 2010 or 11, and uh, it's the first Nicaraguan cigar festival going on and so we go knock on you know he said i'm gonna call jonathan drew he's a buddy of mine maybe he'll sell it to us so anyway so we go talk to jonathan jonathan's like you got to talk to gustavo cura he runs Natsa. you know he's the he's the keeper of broadleaf so we go over and talk to them which we're we were already buying it from, yeah from uh from them but just in small quantities and so they're um probably shouldn't say on a podcast because they're uh but uh because they're 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 technically they're not allowed to sell people unless you have uh either you're in the free zone or you have a um you know special licenses to be able to buy from the, the free zone right oh, okay. for tax reasons yep so anyways um you had a, a 382 or you had to be free zone so um so anyway so we go in there and he's like broadly if yeah i got all the broadly if you want so it's like <laughs> well let's go shopping right you know, like, let's go you know so and at this time, so again, Skip's got Dale money, and I've got real estate money. But my yeah. real estate money is like it—it's it starting to dwindle, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, he's like, "Yeah, we'll take some of that. We'll take some of this. And we're going. Well, what else you got over here?" He's like, "You know." So we got the Connecticut, and we got the Brazilian Adipiraca, and he's like, "Well, let's get some of that, right?" And I'm like, "You know, the guys over there. Okay, yeah, you know." So I think we put our name on like, I don't know. It was like, uh, gosh, I can't even remember. I want to say it was like. Uh, Probably like three eighty four to one hundred twenty five thousand dollars worth of tobacco, right? I'm like, it's a lot of money. A lot of pounds. Yeah, man. So, um, so anyway, so like, so when's it gonna be ready? Oh, not till. So this is like May. Yeah, twenty ten. Yeah, January, February. Yeah. He's like, well, what do you got now? You know, it's like we got the Connecticut, we got the Brazilian. So he's like, well, we can start making this, and then anyway. So long story short, like that, that was like. we have like this really long sit down kind of powwow because I'm like, listen, dude, like, I've got to get a job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at this point, you know, like, uh, I've got small kids. Like yeah. kids are grown. You know yep. what I mean? Like they're almost out of, almost in, out of high school. Mine are not. So, um, no, man. You know, we could do this. You know, if we do this right, navigate to this. And anyway, so you know, we knew that if if we worked really hard, put our heads together, we could we could pretty much solve anything. He's a super smart guy. Um, and, and, you know, so we're very blessed, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But anyway, so, um, so we started the factory, they started rolling and producing the cigars. So we aged, you know, all the thicker, heavier wrapper leaf, we aged 16 weeks. Yep. So Cro-Magnon, Aquitaine, Baca, um, ages 16 weeks, Neanderthal 16 weeks. So any of the intemperance lines, we do 12 weeks, right? So, um. So, so if I started, you know, in January one, like for example, those sixteen weeks is like kind of end of, of April. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a long time to be parked. So, um, we just use natural time in the scaparate to age themselves, and so uh, 
most companies have an extractor. So, for example, like if there was wetness in here, yeah. there are machines that pull out humidity. The moisture, yeah. yeah. And so when the cigars kind of get ready to a certain threshold, they'll put them in a machine. The machine reads it, prints out a little printer, and just go into packaging. So you're talking two or three weeks. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the idea. So being from Texas, we're like low and slow barbecue. Yeah. But, you know, I could I could microwave a hamburger. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it ain't going to be the same. No, it's not. No, it ain't going to be the same. No. You know? So Thank for, you for not. Yeah. No, yeah. So, that, that's a, so, you know, from a consumer perspective, like you go buy a box, like, oh, this year is whatever comes out. And it's like, oh, man, if you age this until next year's come out, it's going to be great. It's yeah. Like, well, we already do that for you. So it's box ready when you buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Anyways, I'm gonna take a drink now too. That was that was a lot of please pocket. please yeah. take a drink. That was awesome. So Pat, you got a really long ash on that. You got a big you, ash. He he does have a big ash. Um, what do you think of that cigar so far, man? I know it's like kind of I I can't say I was gonna say irrelevant because I already know what you're gonna say. But what what do you think of the cigar, brother? Um, it's obviously it's very good. Um, let me just take one more draw before I say please. anything because gonna go out yep and you're gonna pat yeah. went they all over the table no oh, your wrap no. is still late you're good now that you jinxed him or whatever oh there it is i called it i well, called uh, it i knew it was gonna happen man it, it, it still held wow that was good yeah that was picture worthy i just didn't do it oh uh, well um, we got it on video so on video baby yeah so it just goes to like the statement i said earlier about like focusing on the cigar when you smoke aroma it's it, it changed like right now like the back third of it it has is it, is it a dominican lajero that's in there or is that, it no uh it's it's sle no that's it's not sle it's a nicaragua yeah yeah it's, it's like with me like lajero con vega usually when you get towards the back third of a cigar you know it gets, it's, it's, it, it, it gets bitter not that yeah. it's bitter is bad i think a lot of times when i say bitter people think it's bad but i'm talking like earthy espresso like those kind yeah of dark well notes. you get closer to the end so you're in the burns next to your mouth so everything is going to yeah, so amplify typically, yeah so that's typically what you find and then when you smoke like this specific cigar it, it gets sweeter to me but it has yeah. like that very it, it picks up the intensity like the, you know the spice is picking up it's like actually now that that stimulation is coming back even with the drink yeah and it just has like this sweet coating i would assume from the sumatra that just mingles it together so it's not aggressive yes but it's just it's it, it leaves like like this thick creamy texture on your palate too it's a very long finish and again like it's not burning too hot no because that's it's, the reason why we say decadent you know what I mean? Like yeah. At least, yeah. you know. So how would you sell this to a, to somebody to a consumer that would come into the shop? That's like, what's what is this? What? T tell me about this cigar. You know what I mean? Like, how would you sell this cigar to to somebody who who's never seen Roma, doesn't know Roma? Uh, it, it would just to me, it would be just one of those safe bets. Like, you know, there's there's some cigars that have. Smoke it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just fucking smoke Do it. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna try that next time yeah. somebody comes down to I the walk. So, you fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, it's like smoke it. There you go. It, it's one of those cigars where it's like it, there's. It, it'll be easier to ask me what it wouldn't go well with than you know what would the cigar go sure, well yeah, with. No. And I think. Well, here's the thing. That wouldn't work in his shop. I don't know if you ever worked in his store. Those guys are not friendly over there. Really? Yeah. They're, they're not you didn't as, think they were friendly? They're not as friendly. No, I, I walk down and try to give a guy, like, hey, man, you want to try a cigar? No, I don't want that thing. Like, a lot, oh, of, that, that, a lot that, of the guys. That's that one guy. Yeah. Some really of the guys over there are kind of like really like. Me. They were like, hey, stay away from that guy. They just let me go. <laughs> they just yeah. threw you to the sharks, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, I'm going to go home. Fuck this, you know? Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, that would just be kind of the sales. Like, if someone came in and, they, you know, they don't really know what they want, like, I would yeah. be comfortable selling this to a, a seasoned smoker that smokes, like we were talking, you mentioned Liga earlier, that smokes yeah. Liga Pravada, yep. or someone that comes in that smokes maybe Davidoff White Label, like a mild yeah. cigar, because it, it's, it's going to fit any palate. It, it will appeal to a lot of people. I yep. think, you know, I mean, even the Dominican smokers, right? Like, somebody who's like, no, yeah. I like Dominican cigars. Like, dude, like, like even though there's a, there's, I think it's very palatable. It's it's really broad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's that's kind of the cool thing about it. You know, and I've seen a lot of shops actually tell me, like, hey, it's really helped us pick up our intemperance sales. Yeah. Because, like, once you kind of get into that one, yeah. then it's like, let me, let me show you. You know, again, because a lot of people know Cro-Magnon. They know Neanderthal mm. and, and Aquitaine, right? Um, but for some reason, like, um, this has helped people kind of draw them into well let me show you you know let me walk you through the end the, the just smoke them in the vertical right so yeah. that's what the ec mm. they go to the ba they go to you know you know it's kind of kind of go down the it, it's crazy it's really it's really really helped right so um so i'm excited for that i really am I it's that, funny that you said that because like i mean they call me pat Wente here just because i'm a huge like, opus not like i smoke a lot of dominican cigars and that's why i asked you if the i forgot what the blend was again but um, that's why I asked if the Lajero... He's taking notes. He's trying to steal my secret. He's like, he is. what was that rapper? He's going to be blending here? something yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk to my yeah. guy after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, when he goes on that factory tour, he's like, I know exactly what I want. Yep. Yeah. I want but, um, this and this. Yeah. So I, I, I really like... I mean, I smoke everything, but Dominican's kind of like, you know, my go-to. And to me, like, on the, I was going to say on the back third of this, when you said it wasn't Dominican, I wasn't going to try to sound stupid, but <laughs> it, 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 it reminds me of a Dominican cigar. Like, it has, like, that red sweet spice yeah. that i get with dominican cigars and that, that's yeah. why i was almost certain that it was dominican lajero because it's like picking up power in the back third and i'm just yeah. i feel like i'm smoking like a dominican cigar right now yeah, yeah. and it's obviously not so it's it's very versatile sure, you know yeah. and it, it would appeal a lot of people so i mean i read it you know somebody that comes comes in and kind of i recommend the roma craft cigars probably every time that i'm in the walk-in i mean they're so versatile like you said i mean Everything from the Connecticut to the the Cro-Magnon, um, the Connecticut Broadleaf, the Whiskey Rebellion. I mean, there's a flavor for everybody sure. there. Yeah. Plus, and, one of the things, not to cut you off, you yeah. just reminded me of it, about, like, it's selling in the humidor. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate about Romacraft is the boxing and the packaging. Like, I feel like yeah. a lot of brands nowadays put too much effort in the packaging, and it kind yeah. of overshines the cigars. Yeah. Like Roma, I, for one, I love that just that blocky box. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's almost like at Christmas when you pick up like a gift and it's heavier and you know and you're, you're like, like, oh, oh it's, it's something good. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it like the boxing, but then like the cigars with their branding and how much like intent you guys put behind like how that packaging looks and especially the cigar, the bands, like it just pops. It just looks very like beautiful to a consumer and I, I think it's eye catching, even though they're not. Yeah. You know, like neon yellow or neon orange or whatever. And have a lot of gold or anything like that. I it mean, just, it just looks the, like a, a right. high quality product. Yeah. I mean, the cigars, you know what I mean? From the people that, you know, come day after day and buy Roma Craft, I mean, they sell themselves. I mean, the price is right. Mm -hmm. The cigars taste wonderful. And I mean, it's just an, uh, like you said, it, the, the, the profile of every cigar, you got the Connecticut all the way up to a full body cigar. I mean, they're there for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're, like I said, great price range. I mean, it's hard to walk through a walk-in nowadays and see anything sub $10. I mean, the norm now is 12 And when you go over to Romacraft, it's like, well, seven seventy-five, dollars 8 dollars like $10. What? Well, what's and funny it's, is it's during, during this, the, since 2020, 
you've seen a lot of cigars pop even at that twenty twenty five dollar price point, right? Yeah. There's been an, an elasticity of what people are willing to pay for a cigar. Mm. So you have some people that come in and they're like, "Oh, it's eight dollars. How good could it be for eight dollars?" Because they they expect to spend twenty dollars right. for a good cigar, right? right? Um, and then I started hearing people like, "Dude, like Rosales, I love the cigars. I love you. I love the brand." But why would I sell the eight dollar cigar if they're going to come into a bar and they're going to buy twelve, fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. They're only gonna have one cigar, and they're gonna have two or three drinks. I'd rather sell them a twenty twenty five dollars cigar. It's true. And and you know what I mean. So that was something that you were kind of fighting against through through you know kind of the the at post COVID, right? Yeah. Um, which really was to me like a disservice to the consumer. Yeah. Right. However, now that the market is kind of shifting and correcting itself, and people are like a little bit more kind of conscious of where they spend their money, I'm yep. like. You better start thinking about how you position your cigars and where you, you know. And again, you know, I, I, I look at it like this. Like anybody, you know, listen, if, if they want to, you know, spend because they think the price is, is better for them, great. But I still think you can sell them a couple of our cigars and be like, hey, listen, if you want to smoke a cigar throughout the day and not really have a big fall off. Yeah. And then post dinner, you want to close with your expensive $20, cigar. $25 yeah. cigar. Because that makes yeah. you feel like you're, you're balling. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> then, you know, but you could sell that guy. You know, he's going to come in and buy three or four cigars. So sell yeah. him two, two of ours and then, you know, one or two of the ones that they're more common of. And then what's going to happen is they're going to be like, I really enjoy that cigar. And it just becomes part of the rotation. Yeah. So, absolutely. I think one of the things that we do well here especially is we're very cognizant of the consumer and, like, what they're willing to spend. And I think oftentimes we do find people that come in and they want to try something new and they'll give us like oh i want to try something expensive today and it's like okay well we can show you what's expensive but it's in the thing with roma it's one of the there's other brands but there's it's one of the go-to brands for me where you can get a return customer because yeah the entire line price point is very affordable it's like your working man cigar and when, when you sell you know like someone comes in like hey you know I, i'll try you know i want to spend 15 20 bucks today okay well here's this cigar they smoke it, they come back, now they want something else because they tried that one, and now the price point might be $10, you know? And then when they get on the $10 range, now you're looking at kind of everyday smoke territory. And then you get them on, like, for instance, like Aroma Craft, and then now you find that they stop looking for suggestions now. And then they're coming in, and they're just sticking to that. And they're picking out, like, you know, maybe they smoked the Volstead one day, and now they're just picking, you know, the... um would we'll just say like maybe the Intemperance Connecticut one day, you're not even helping them anymore. Yeah. They're just going yeah. through that they're line themselves They're just going through the line, now. yeah. You know, so I found with Roma crab that happened a lot. Like when it we does. had, like I was mentioning earlier, those variety packs of the Baca we had. It was probably like two years. It was before you left for the prison, but yes, you know, you didn't go to prison. <laughs> I did not go to prison. You, I worked there. Worked yeah, I was a correctional <laughs> officer for, for a year and, and a half. That was when. Yeah. That was when He's an upstanding citizen. I, I am yes. <laughs> well, that was when Paulie was here, and like people oh, were smoking yeah. that variety pack, and it's like I mean that obviously was a crazy ran variety out, pack, and then I had people come in and they're like, "You guys have Baca." And, and that's the only cigar yeah. they smoke from Roma Crab was Baca because of that pack. And I'm like, yeah. ah, we sold out of them. We don't have any right now. Yeah. And they're like, well, what else do they make? And then I was like, I mean, well, that was a Cameroon wrapper. So do you want to smoke a Cameroon cigar or do you want to? No, yeah. no, no, I want, I want that brand. So then, and then they're smoking that brand. Like, yeah. Up to this day, those customers are still smoking. Still Roma coming Crab. back. There's it's a lot of similarities in this. This is like a beefed up version of, of the Baca. Yeah, thing. I was going to say that. I mean, the Baca was... Man, that thing, that for me, that was probably one of the most flavorful Cameroons that I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, there's a good amount of, you know, a good amount of Cameroons out there. I mean, Aladino makes Cameroon, which theirs is good too. I mean, Don Carlos, you got Christoph. I mean, Rocky Patel makes a Cameroon. 
But, I mean, the, the Baca was just loud. Yeah. And it wasn't loud in a way where it was too powerful. Or was There was flavorful. something. It was just yeah. flavorful. Yeah, I think, packed with flavor. That's the big thing. I think your typical Cameroon cigar on the market is going to be They're more subtle. mild to medium. Yeah. And it's going to be a really delicate cigar. It will be, yes. And not that the Baca wasn't delicate, but it, it's... It's not just the Cameroon that's. I think a lot of the Cameroon, because again, Cameroon is a prize. Well, leaf. it depends on if it's a hybrid or if it's an actual African Cameroon. Yeah. And ours was African Cameroon. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's one. Point. And there's not many people out there, or from my understanding, there's not many of them out there that do African Cameroon. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. And so that's why I think when a lot of companies use Cameroon, like that's really like, okay, we need a Cameroon cigars. They're kind of blending that cigar just to like make that cameroon shine but yeah. i find and we were speaking earlier about the you know like you talked about like the binder filler it speaks to how well those yeah. tobaccos are because of the different wrappers you put on them it's like that the box is just the entire cigar is just good like it's not like you know it's all oh, it's a great cameroon cigar you just say it's a great cigar it's not just the cameroon that's making you enjoy it it's the yeah. entire blend yeah and it's again like i i'm a huge one day guy and i'll say like if it's between baca or don carlos like i you're still a student, so there's yeah. a lot to do with it while you're still in school, right? So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the Bacca is calling them Roma Pads. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so so this is a. Um, are we okay? We're not going to go into a commercial because this is kind of lengthy. What I'm about to talk about. We good? No, we're no good. commercials. Go, okay, we're good. good. Go for it. All baby. right. So the. Uh, I don't know why my phone has decided to blow up on me. So the. Uh, so interesting kind of thing right so so in in, in makes cigar making you talk about yields mm. right so what's a yield so we talk about how many pounds per thousand does it take so if i want to make a thousand cigars i thought we silenced our phones so how many how many uh how many pounds per thousand would it take to you know to do a thousand cigars like a yeah. thousand cigars run, right and then you can kind of do multiplication to do your your run on that yeah right so so in the intemperance brand, for example, like it's a sub ten dollar price point. So um, as costs go up in the in the marketplace to buy tobacco, you still have like this overall kind of like you know, and again the, the elasticity of what we can we can eat and absorb versus mm. like what the what we can sell it for. Yeah. So anyway, so you, so your tobacco leaf comes, you know, looks like a tobacco leaf. You take the vein out, turn it sideways. You got a half a leaf, right? So let's say for example. Um, it's thirty four to thirty five dollars a pound for a Connecticut broadleaf, which is really expensive. Or even Cameroons, like you know, in that that thirty six to thirty eight dollars a pound, right? For Cameroon, real Cameroon. And let's say it, it's going to be fourteen to sixteen pounds per thousand. Mm-hmm. Where like Connecticut shade, for example, is like ten to twelve pounds per thousand, and it's twenty one to twenty four dollars a pound. Yeah. So it costs less, and it takes less to make a thousand cigars. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying, right? So. You take your tobacco leaf and you start looking at it and you can go, hey, you know, at if I made Toros or larger, if you do the math, that might be anywhere between 85 cents to $1.15 just in wrapper leaf just for the cigar. Yep. Follow me? Mm-hmm. Right? Or I can do 5 by 56s I can get two cuts. I can make two cigars out of that. Yep. And then I can put seven to nine dollar filler leaf in there and pack that some bitch full of tobacco and make it burn just as long as I could a Toro. Yeah. Right. And 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 hopefully that the consumer will recognize the value in that. Meaning, 
Like I'm looking out for the for the consumer that said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a cigar, a five by fifty six that will burn hour and fifteen, hour and thirty minutes, depending on the smoke rate." You know, I mean, I, I see guys smoke diggers in thirty minutes, right? They're just oh like, yeah, you know, oh yeah, but. You know, but the, they ain't doing it for taste, though. No, no they're not. Well, well, you know, but 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 essentially, the idea is is um, or you know, I see guys that go in there and spend twenty five, thirty dollars on a cigar that's very underfilled. You know, I won't say any brands, but yet it's a high volume selling cigar. We all know, though. You know, but yet, but yet at the same time, like, you know, but again, the flavor is good. You know what I mean? So they like the flavor, but yet at the same time, like that cigar is done in twenty five, thirty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's still this. It's longer. And people look at it and go, man, this feels good in my hand. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like this, there's this conversion that has to happen. It's like, listen, I know you said it was firm, but, but think about like, if that, if that cigar is, cause what, it, what people say is like, I can't believe how well the cigar draws, right? Yeah. Like, the draws about, on all of them are yeah, perfect. Right? So yeah. Good. They're so good. But that has to do Factory with how long that we, we age it and it dries out. Mm -hmm. Right. So it has time to really kind of, kind of get to a point to where it's like, the perfect amount of humidity, the perfect amount of firmness, right? Anyway, so that that's a hard thing to do at the level that, that we're making cigars. Because, you know, again, we only make a million cigars, right? right. So for, for kind of, you know, we're doing about 5,500 cigars, you know, in a day. Drew Estate's doing probably 150,000 a day. Uh, they're pushing them out. Right. And that's not a knock. I'm just saying, like, the difference in the scalability and what they're doing versus what we're doing. You know right. what I mean? Like, like I'm trying to give, you know, prime cuts of steak for the price of a hot dog. You know what I mean? And yeah. That, that's, that's a – and so, you know, I'm – That's a hard thing to do. No, of course. Right? You know what I mean? But and, you're doing it. Yeah. But but then – You're you know, doing it well. But we don't have we don't have reps and brokers that are on the road. Right. Right? We don't do a lot of marketing. So, so you can keep the cost down – to offer a cigar that that's value, and that's what you're hoping that you people like. Again, people who smoke a lot of cigars that are kind of knowledgeable recognize and realize that. Yeah. Um, but then you know your average Joe is like, I just want a cigar. I just want a stogie. You know, yeah. I mean? like, that guy's clueless. He doesn't give two shits. You know what I mean? Like right. he just wants to cut a cigar and light it and, and go on. So, you know, but you do it for the people that come in. Like these guys came in about boxes. It's like you do it for that, and that's the affirmation that you need. That you know that you're doing something where they're like, dude, I just love them. I smoke the shit every day. It's like. My man. You know there you go. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's fun. It's challenging. Like, we make this shit look easy. It is not easy, but it's a lot of fun. So I have a question that goes from, unless you guys are about to do something. No, I was going to ask Dave, how's his, uh, how's his scar going? Uh, no one cares. Um, <laughs> um, Pat, what's up? I was going to ask, so I'm going to direct the question more to the consumer portion than the manufacturing. So you guys have the, the weasel kind of ambassador yeah. program. So the only other brand that I know of that does a consumer ambassador programs obviously McAuliffe so what was your thought on doing that and I, I I've seen a lot of success I see a lot of the weasel posts kind of putting out Roma craft products so well one it was organic we didn't actually create it uh, so the weasel comes from the trade show actually so back back in like 07 through 09 you would see these guys that would create a blog and um, they would come up and they'd be like, Hey man, if you give me a box of cigars, I'll do a review for your cigar. Oh, that happens a lot. Yeah. Great show. I saw that. Yeah. So, so number one, I look at it like this. Um, first off, you don't need a whole box of cigars to do a review. Nope. If, if you, you know, maybe two or three, but whatever. Uh, number one, number two, if I gave you any cigar 
you know, I think the the human nature is to ex to to uh, expect something of kindness back in return. Yeah. Human nature, right? Um, however, if you went and you paid for it, then you can say whatever the fuck you wanted to. And I, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't get mad because you spent your own money. Right. And this, so this is something that's really important, right? So, <clears throat> if somebody goes and they work a full week's worth of work. And they come in and they buy a handful of our cigars. Like, that's a huge compliment. Yeah. I mean, think about it, right? So someone's making $15, $20, $25 an hour. Yeah. And they come in and they, they buy three cigars. That's one hour's worth of work for that person. Yep. To, to, to find enjoyment from a product that I make. That's, that's awesome. That's heavy. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that, I've never heard anybody else in the industry recognize or even think about what that means yeah so and i'm not saying hey pat my back you know listen to me like i'm the you know right. but at the same time like that's like the hugest compliment you know someone you know whether or not they even know the names they know the weasel they know the who we are or whatever like they they like just like the cigar right yeah. like that's a huge compliment and that means a lot to me or to us as a as a you know from the culture that we're trying to create so back to the weasel so um so anyways, you would see these guys coming down. And you're like, okay, here come the weasels. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> you, you know, but here's the thing. There are levels to being a weasel. So there's like weasel, weasel. And then you got like, um, so like the uncle or the cousin that comes over that never smokes, but they see you smoking a cigar and they're like, oh, yeah, let me get a cigar, man. Let me see what you hold. You know, like that's, that's like, that's. That's weasel level number four. You know what I mean? Cause you know, so you got your little box of cigars that you, you, you'll never smoke, right? Yep. So the reps and brokers that come in here, you know, they're like, here, smoke this. You, you know you'll never smoke it. So it goes down. Way down. Way down, right? So make yourself at home. It's like the bourbon. It's like this top shelf shit. Don't you touch don't it. touch that. You know, but this stuff over here, make yourself You can do the handles yeah. that are like $20 yeah. exactly. a handle. Yeah, yeah, you can go with that. Knock yourself out. That's that's all you. You know, take some home with you as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. I got so much of that shit. I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to see it. So that that's like... Um, so you know that that's that's a that's one level of the game. Um, then you got you have this BOTL kind of group that that says, "Oh, dude, hey man, you see, you know, so and so dropped whatever. Yeah, I just got a box. Okay, you know, and they just share and it pass out. And then because they share and pass out, then you reciprocate, you pass them, you know, something that you 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 know you got on some special one-off release, whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you have this inter you know, exchange. So that's another level of, of the weasel, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, the master Jedi weasel. The master Jedi weasel. You know what I'm saying? So it's like uh, explain. Yeah. So so you're like, hey, oh, that's a cool box. You know what I mean? So they hand, they hand it over and like, they crack the box open. They're kind of going through it. You know, like, oh, what's that taste like? You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, little Jedi like, mind trick. Yeah, a little Jedi. You know, like, you can have that. You're like, are you sure? You know what I mean? Like, Nah, you can't let me have. Yeah. Oh, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, I mean, so so anyway, so that that's kind of the the fun thing about it. You know what I mean? But again, um, so the so the what's cool about the whole thing? Uh, so I was at a cigar shop in Austin, which is where we're from, and um, Cynthia Fuente had come through. Whoa! So this is so it was her and Wayne way back in the day. Um, Carlito wasn't even really around back then. Like I don't remember seeing. You know, this is like maybe 2004, 2005. This is a long time ago. And uh, Heroes and Legacies was the name of the shop. She came up. We're on a patio. And, um, you know, back then, 
uh, you know, people were trying to cop the, uh, you know, the big deal back then was the uh, Anejos, right? Mm. So anyway, so they they come around and anyway, so I was you know, I was kind of fanboying out, you know. Hey, you know yeah, of course. So she pulls out this cigar. She's like, "Hey, this is from my grandfather," you know, or who, you know, whatever. And hands me a cigar, and I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool, right?" So, um, and then fast forward, somehow someone gave me one of the wedding cigars Whoa. that, um, and I still have it actually. And um, so I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, so long story short, Skip and I. We're working on the Fomorian in Nicaragua, and I'd come back to stateside, and you know, you, you post some stuff. You kind of go on about your business. You know, you know. Again, you just post it because you're just kind of documenting like what you're working on, and you just kind of keep it moving. And somebody had pulled me to the side and was like, "Hey, man, uh, I saw you guys working on you know this Candela thing. What's that taste like, right?" And I'm like, "Hey, bro, I got you. You know what I mean?" Uh, like, I, so, so you you pass it forward, right? You pay yeah, it forward. Pay it forward. And so that's when it dawned on me like people are really paying attention to the things that we do you know what i mean and that that uh that hit me in a way that i i didn't it was really this profound kind of moment in my life where i was like wow i didn't i didn't you know and i'm grateful and i'm great for all of them you know um you know the guys that came back over here that that were like you know it, it just it just kind of affirms what you're doing and that you're doing it the right way and yeah so that was really a cool moment for me. that's awesome man sweet so what do you guys think of this cigar? Yeah, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I mean, it's a banger. For me, it's a banger. I mean, as soon as I picked it up, I mean, the first one, and then my favorite size of the Corona, I think the Corona is just so flavorful. That size. The ribbon here. Yeah. That is just that's a, so that's damn a, good. It's an LE, by the way. I mean, meaning it's is not it really? a, it's not. So, and real quick, because I know you said, you know, final thoughts, right? But. Everything in the Intemperance brand. Yeah. The four by forty six, four and a half by fifty two, the uh the perfecto, the five by fifty perfecto, um, the five by fifty six and the five and a half by fifty four. Yeah. Those are core line sizes. So okay. we make them in the E C, the B A, the Whiskey Rebellion, and, and the Volstead. All right. So the four and a half by sixty, um, the box press, the noble experiment, the blind pig, the four and a half by sixty, those yep. are kinda like one off sizes that we oh, do all right. you know, kinda periodically. All right, so so then where the hell did the slobber knocker come out of? Uh that was the skip thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think uh so skip back in the day was a huge That's almost Vinicon. got a closed foot too. Yeah, like, it's got it's a closed got a foot. Hole. Yeah. So that's uh so like, you know, uh I for, I for, you know, it's like, you know, the boxing matches back in the day is like, Oh, it's a slobber knocker, right? Yeah. Like, so um, you know, and again, we don't make a lot of them. You know, we probably do 250 boxes a year of, of the Cro-Magnon and Aquitaine. And so, um, but that was kind of a skip thing. He was a big, you know, we, we watch boxing stuff together on the weekends or, you know, when some big matches are going on. And so, um, anyways, and so, you know, again, one-off sizes, but that's only done in the Cro-Magnon Aquitaine sizes. Love the Cro-Magnon. I would love so to see good. that in a Neanderthal. Oh, you know, you see the guys over green over in the corner. I would right? smoke yeah. that yeah. all day long. I'm trying to get him to do the H. So we do the, the H inside. I yep. think we should do the genetic deformity. Okay. So the genetic deformity is the barber pole, which yep. we have coming. We're in production right now. So you need, if you want to get them, this now is the you time gotta to talk to, You got to talk to Danny so we can get those we, in we, here. We got you. We got you. So, um, so the, the Neanderthal has the Mexican San Andreas wrapper. But on the genetic deformity, we do the, the, the broadleaf 
like half and half with that and the Aquitaine. Ooh. So it's called the genetic deformity, which was kind of this transition between like the Neanderthal into to Pro Magnum form, the early modern human. Nice. So could you imagine that shit in a fucking H size? Bro. Oh, man. Bro. I'm already salivating. Salivating just thinking <laughs> about it, bro. Yeah. So, but the problem is, like, people look at it and they're like, I don't see the barber pole until you hold up in the light because the yeah. rubber leaves are so close so to you. Close, yeah. If you send us a box, we'll boo it on the podcast. Would you, yes. would you, you got to send us a box. We'll review it on the podcast. We'll smoke it, you okay. know. We'll like, give an honest you know, review. Three or four like per it. person. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. There you go, man. So would you, would you consider this a box-worthy kind of cigar? Absolutely. Yeah. The bowl set is okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is so good. It is such a, it's, it's such a great addition to your wheelhouse. You know what I mean? It's it's because you got it's like this perfect all day smoke. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'd say it's easily a box purchase. Yeah. I mean, we we've seen it already at the shop. Oh yeah. Like it's. I mean. The price point's right. It burns well. It lasts. I mean, a by while. far. Between all the boxes that we have for sale, and we do 10% on every box. For all the boxes that we have on sale there, I mean, all of the pro, all of the Roma Craft boxes are by far some of the best priced boxes that we have in the market. Yeah. I mean, they're under, everything is under $200. I mean, everything now is, I mean, 250 300 400 Yep. So, I mean, if somebody comes in, even if, you know, and I've sold boxes where people were like, oh, I'll get a box of Rocky or I'll get a box of this. Oh, where's where's this one? And it's Roma Craft. And they go and buy that consistently. That's awesome. And it's it's a great thing, man. Yeah, but again. Got a great thing going on. It, it, one, we're very grateful with the staff and the buy-in from the staff, yeah. right? Because, again, without without you guys kind of affirming what it is, you know, they come to you kind of, you know, what am I smoking next? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you guys put them on it. Yeah, right? we get that a lot. And then we do everything on the back end to make sure that it's repeatable and sustainable over and over again, which is super hard to do at the level that we do it at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again, you know, I'm trying to cut out all the prime and and, and just work with that. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we talk about, like, you know, what's it taste like? It's like it's well-fermented tobacco, which is really hard to do. Getting tobacco right now is extremely hard to do. And then to put it out in the price point that we're doing it at is, is extremely hard to do. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, we do it for the, for the people in the community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's, it's uh, you know, and then we figured out a way to do it at a price point that is still affordable, that we can take care of our yeah. staff and community and the people I that mean, work that, for us. I mean, that blows me away every time I go and, you know, fill another box or do some housekeeping, what we call housekeeping, just kind of fix the cigars and just going by and just being like, man. I went from Tatuaje, which Tatuaje has some really reasonable oh, prices. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nine dollars, ten dollars, twelve dollars, and then you go over to, to Roma Craft, and it's like sub everything's like sub ten dollars, and it's like, damn, they're doing it, man. Yeah. And it's a it's a crazy thing because, like I said before, I mean, where things are going right now, I mean, between the price hikes and stuff like that, and the taxes that are being charged from you guys at at, at that level, I mean, everything's going up. Well, you think about like so. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're way over. Oh, <laughs> but that, that means we're doing good. We got good. We got, you know, there's a lot we got of good, good combo. We go, we go as yeah. long as the conversation. No, no, yeah, you yeah. know, so I mean, think about it, right? During COVID, whenever like containers were going through the roof, right? Now they've come down. But, you know, the people that grow tobacco have to get containers that go into Ecuador, that go into some of these countries that grow and, you know, fertilizer and all the things that they need to produce that, right? Yeah. So even at, even before it's like seedlings. You know, there's 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 cost hikes that happen at that level. Yeah. 
So to kind of give you a really good example, when we started making the BA, the Brazilian Arapiraca, yep, it was nineteen dollars a pound, and then out of Brazil, and so um, they had changed from the U.S. dollar to the uh, euro. Yeah. And overnight, it went from eighteen, nineteen dollars a pound to twenty-eight, twenty-nine dollars a pound. Wow. Overnight. Overnight. So yeah. Just just because of the euro exchange rate, right? Yeah. So now, and that was back then in twenty twelve. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we've seen we've seen prices, you know, dramatically jump up jump over up, the years. Yeah. You know? So um, kind of the the cool thing that 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 we do that I don't think enough people kind of pay attention to is like uh, so so in the past we had stopped production on the Anatol HN, okay, which was the San Andreas, and so our the the uh, Gustavo Cura had stopped buying the the the. Mexican San Andreas because they weren't they weren't uh, processing it correctly so they were doing like stock cut so they would take it out of the out of the from the root put it up in the barns and then while it was up in the barns they would start to 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 pull the tobacco leaves off and, and process it through the curing barns yeah with the roots up and the problem with that is that by the time it would get from from Mexico to Nicaragua to get processed and then kind of go into the fermentation you had a lot of damaged tobacco so they're like you know it's not Ooh. efficient enough. So he so eventually, he ended up sending a team over there to show them how how to get it done, to do it correctly, so that, that way it could be brought over to Nicaragua and then processed and uh-huh. put in pilons and then without a lot of loss. So there was a time that we stopped making the HN. Um, this is the second time around that we've stopped making Pro Magnum just because of the you know and again, we anticipate it coming back, but we're not sure when. So in 2018, when the revolution happened, you know factories had kind of slowed down. So you know we kind of dug into the pockets and bought a lot of tobacco at that time and since 2018 2019 2020 21 22 23 we had pro as mm-hmm. we know it every time you take something off the market and you reintroduce it you know it's got to be the same or if not better, better than what it was right that's a that's a key important part because people who smoke our stuff know the difference right? yes so this year the brazilian arapiraca so in 2020, when they shut down, they had longer kind of shutdown periods down in Brazil. So there was no one there processing and cultivating all the, the so Marafina, Marafina Norte, Arapiraca, these regions. Yeah. There wasn't anyone really down there. So whatever you had in your bodega was what you kind of had. Yeah. So this year, um, I think we kind of sold our last Brazilian Arapiraca probably um, early Q1, Q2. Okay. And so it's been out of production. So Pro Magnum's out of production, the BA's out of production. So right now, what we're producing is the Connecticut, uh, EC, uh, the Whiskey Rebellion, Volstead, Neanderthal, Aquitaine. Yeah. And so, so now what we're going to be doing is kind of 2024 Q1 is we're going to release the Pro Magnum, um, and I think we're going to keep it under the Pro Magnum umbrella. We talked about this earlier. Um, so it'll be Pennsylvania Broadleaf, oh. kind of an extension of Pro Mag. Okay. So, anyway, so just kind of uh, some little nuggets for the people that are listening this far into the podcast. All right, so, all right. Yeah, you hear it here. You heard it here first. Yes. So a little. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Little, I'm not little, just blowing smoke. Little news flash, you know. So, um, anyway, so that's kind of what's going on with us. So Volstead's been the hot new heavy thing. Um, it's done really, really well. We're getting reorders on it, so we're super excited about that. And so, um, but again, with that guys like you that that are there kind of help moving it along yeah you know it's uh it's been great so absolutely oh mike we're gonna wrap it up do your thing 
We appreciate you coming on, man. Thank Thank you very much for coming by. Thanks for being on podcast. Thanks for coming in for the event. And hopefully we'll get you in another event somewhere in the near future. Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas to you if we don't see you. If I don't see you. Thank you very much, guys. Happy holidays. uh, We got Dave's and Confused, Pat Wente, Nicotine. And that's just not uh, not Not just just blowing smoke. smoke. I am a (laughs) terrible host. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. See you next time. Stay smoky, my friends. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke.